over time and through experience, you learn to be able to see the iceberg that you might be heading towards if you don't course correct. And what I love about our organization is the ability of the team to recognize that. Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits, and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership? Let's get started. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Access Points, our podcast here. My name is Mike Kelly. I am the VP of Sales here at Access, and happy to have you guys here and listening to our podcast today. I am joined with the dear friend, Rob True. Hello, everyone. Name is Rob True, the Vice President of Strategic Alliances, as well as Client Services. Excellent. And welcome today to Access Points. What we're here today to talk about in really kind of as a follow-up to some of the podcasts that we've done together earlier this year is to go deep dive on theatrical productions and Broadway. Just kidding, everyone. Although we maybe mentioned some theatrical productions in a previous podcast, we're here today to talk about collaboration and how we kind of make success possible between our sales organization and our marketing organization and our professional services organization. What does it look like and how is it that that process works? Sound like fun? Fantastic. You got it. So I'm going to kick this off and really get it going here with talking about orienting as a new employee in an organization. We were lucky enough to get Rob as part of our executive team in January of this year. And so tell me a little bit, how do you orient and get to be part of that team? And tell me some of the challenges that you've seen. Certainly the key part is getting to know all of the players both professionally and personally. And so I've tried to spend a lot of time as much as I can down here in Dallas, getting to know the rest of my peers and the executive team, getting to know them, as I said, you know, both professionally and personally, learning about their backgrounds, their role, and then learning about the business, different ways that the, the business is run. So not gonna lie, it was a huge learning curve for the first six months. You know, coming from the organization that I came from, uh, I'd been at my previous company for well, let's just say I was there for a long time, so got to know the ins and outs. And so adjusting to a different corporate culture and a different way of doing business, I've learned a ton in my nine months here and continuing to apply what I've learned to just keep moving access forward. But certainly coming in, you know, learning the business, learning the personalities, you know, learning the the different way that Access does business was quite the learning curve. Exactly. And I would say that maybe the name of this podcast should be Down in Dallas. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. We, we just did another episode of the podcast earlier, and it's funny. There's a lot of congruence with what you're saying with Down in Dallas. And one of the things that I know you're very committed to, as well as I'm committed to is we do get together, you know, we do get together down in Dallas. And I know that probably means a lot to how this team is built, our, our executive team that is, but tell me how important is it to be down in Dallas for lack of a better term? I think it's huge. As I said, being able to meet face to face, nothing can replace this. And I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts of how, you know, with 2020 and COVID, it's been really tough to get 
you know, I think you've mentioned it face to face with with customers to, and prospects to be able to meet with them at their organization. And, you know, folks just aren't you know, just aren't doing that. Mm-hmm. And I had the similar challenges as as being responsible for our strategic alliances. A lot of the vendors that I'm responsible for are also not hosting on-site sort of challenges of that made my job a little bit more challenging in that I wanted to get out there and meet face-to-face with all of my counterparts at these third parties to be able to move those relationships further faster. So it definitely took a longer amount of time to do that. By the same token, I assumed responsibility for the client services organization over the summer. And again, not being able to meet with folks face-to-face and and kind of work through, you know, getting to know people. The, the whole tenor of a relationship changes once you get face-to-face with someone. And so that's been a bit of a challenge in getting to know, you know, my client services team. Zoom and, you know, face-to-face video meetings can, you know, can only take you so far. And so it, it has been a yet another thing affected by COVID is, you know, getting to know my team, getting to know their strengths and all that. It's been an interesting ride over the last several months. You bet. This idea of orienting as a new member of the team and being presented with the challenge of doing so during something like COVID, there's only two ways it goes. It's going to be a huge success or it's going to be a huge failure. And so to me and where we've been and going as a company, if I look back at 19, the strategies and and some of all of the, the hard work that went into figuring out what we need to do and then beginning to execute on that early this year, obviously, you know, having you on the team, I think the opportunities were immense. They, they were great. And everybody's so excited about that. Then COVID hits. And now not only do you have the challenges of orienting to a new team and trying to get to know people, you're having to try to do so in an environment that's just difficult. My belief system is that I got to meet face to face, just like what you mentioned. When I think about a sales opportunity, I got to be face to face with that customer. I am so sick of presenting to a computer screen because we're doing remote business it's just not the same. And so tell me, walk me through a little bit more or expand a little bit on how you kind of met the challenge of orienting and getting part of the E-team plus building a new team, plus all the stuff that you've done on, on your side, because it's it's been amazing. You know, you just have to use the tools that are available to you and try to use them as effectively as possible. So I try to imagine that my entire team, even though we're spread out across the entire United States, is that, you know, they're, they're really just down the hall. So if I need to talk to someone and I, and I feel it needs to be face to face, it's more than, you know, it's more than a chat, but, you know, less than an email. I just need to walk through something with someone. I'm going to pick up the phone or I'm going to quickly do a video call just so that you continue to have that face to face interaction as if you just walk down to the hall in someone's office. You're trying to encourage that level of communication, not only with my direct reports, but you've probably noticed it as well, is that rather than just shooting a chat, if I see, you know, that you're available, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call and say, hey, let's just let's just you know work through that. I do the same thing with the rest of the executive team. The technologies that we're using does have the ability to show if you're available and or, or to flag you as red if you're on a call so that you don't bother somebody. But, you know. I'm always good at bothering people. So I would do the same thing if you, if I, you were just down the hall, I would just go down and stare at you in your office until you you know got off the phone. So. I think that's what we're trying to recreate. And I think 
part of our success has been that we've been able to recreate this idea of an office. And looking at some of the statistics that have come out prior and, and during and, you know, as where we are, at least with, with the pandemic, is that early on, when everybody was just moving to a remote setting, the productivity numbers were, were way up. People were working remote working very hard. And what they attributed to was, was a fear of losing their job. And in addition to that, because they stayed working remote for a long time and they stayed into this, this idea of fear of losing their job, what happened is the productivity started to wane because nobody can keep that up forever. Nobody can work under those pressures. And when you're remote and you don't have that office to go to, you know, everybody thinks, you know, wow, this is going to be great. I'm going get to get to work remote. Well, sometimes it's more fulfilling. We can get more done if we do go to the office. So if we change the name of the podcast down in Dallas, yeah, I mean, I know that's, that's what we try to create because it works. I mean, it does work that I can hit my, my video chat button and, uh, it's, it's like I just walked into Tim's office. So for us, I think that's a little bit of the recipe to the secret sauce that we're building here. But at the same time, how we work with our teams, you know, not just the E-team being able to communicate that way, but like what you're mentioning with your individual team, I think that means all the difference in the world. My team, for example, early in COVID, we were doing daily chats, you know, because there was so much unknowns and everybody was worried, you know, we had to solidify and, and at least have make sure that that team was talking with one another. And I think that was, that's one of the things that kept people on track. And you know what, if, if you're never talking, your, your mind's probably going in a million different directions that doesn't make sense. So I think for us as a company, it's a commitment to this idea of we're all in this office together. And if I need to walk down to your office and stick my head in, and then you're going to pay attention, you know, I think it really works for us. And it is interesting that, so I know this has been mentioned on previous podcasts, Access you know, had a remote workforce pretty much since day one. And in my previous position, as I said, I, I joined Access in January. In some respects, I, I was also working that area in that my team was spread out amongst various facilities for the company that worked on. So I was already somewhat familiar with managing and overseeing you know, a, a remote team. So coming into access where, you know, everybody was remote there, well, I did have some level of familiarity with that. Well, what I'm finding is, is interesting in my, in my old position, I could always at a drop of a hat saying, Hey, we're all going to get together at building X at 10 o'clock. Cause we've got to, you know, circle the wagons on various items or things like mm -hmm. that. Can't really do that with uh, number one with COVID and number two, when your entire workforce is spread out across the, the entire United States. So, but again, you use the technology that you have available to you and, you know, having, you know, group meetings and group video chats and group trainings. And you just try to build that sense of consistency and that sense of camaraderie amongst the team. Absolutely. Let me kind of move the, the discussion because you just mentioned your previous employer where, where you were. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up in our podcast today was to talk about transitions. In the past, we've had some really awesome podcasts around marketing. You know, this idea of sales and marketing being so tightly kind of woven together. And then we've, we've had some before of, you know, how sales and professional services works together. And, you know, I don't know if we can come up with a net with a marketing name or a professional services and sales. I don't know. I don't know what that one looks like, but I know we've talked through that, but I think with one of the, the issues that I want to explore here is this idea of other companies out there and having such rigid processes for working from marketing to sales to, to the services side of the business. 
How do you see it working here? And what do you think has been successful in making that relationship between all three of us work well? The thing I love the most is that we are, we are a smaller company, so we can pivot and institute changes in processes you know, rather rapidly. You know, I don't have a client services workforce of 500. You don't have a sales and marketing organization of you know, 300 individuals trying to get everybody rowing in the same direction. Here, we have that opportunity to be able to have more of that communication, be able to work through breaking down any of those silos. I know in one of the previous podcasts that you and I did together was a concept of front stage and, and backstage. And really, as you dive into, you know, how do you ensure that all those different components are talking to one another, you know, that marketing is generating the leads that then, you know, go to sales and then sales complete the sale and that then then comes to my professional services team to manage the implementation and the implementation goes live and that moves to the client services area and maintaining that consistency of ownership of the customer relationship throughout, you know, their entire life cycle. And that life cycle, you know, is a, is a continuous circle and recognizing that it's a circle and we have to kind of smooth out the edges so that that communication keeps, you know, keeps continuing because, you know, existing customers are one of your greatest areas for, you know, additional revenues. You come up from new products, they go right back into the, the life cycle. They're contacted by the marketing team. Sales team goes into action to uh, sell them additional products, which then comes to professional services, which install the products. And again, the, the concept of the entire organization working in a circle with you know, nice smooth edges, everyone talking to one another and, and everything moving through at a, at a consistent and, and seamless pace is what we need to strive for. You bet. So this idea of, of smoothing the edges, I think was a real key to 2020 for us, smoothing the edges of communication between sales and professional services. I know at least from the cadence that you and I have on our, our Friday calls, it's different. And even in years past, we used to have something called deal review, especially on sales. It was it was the idea of, you know what, here are the deals that we're working on. Um, but it was a very much of a sales focused, you know, the sales team got together and talked about those deals. And we didn't have at that time, uh, that was more pipeline deal review. And it's not that we don't continue to do that, but that, that model of just having it for sales didn't make sense this year. And so the idea of having deal review and having it between your services division and my sales division, that made all the sense in the world. And I think what it's done is it's eliminated the surprises. Nobody wants to be surprised with, with any piece of business because it's what are we working on? What do we see coming in and how can we utilize that information to actually be more efficient and how to, and to run better and to, and to get more out of everybody around here. And I think that's been a huge secret to success. What do you think? Absolutely. And one of the items you have talked about in, in previous podcasts, I seem to keep saying that today, but there you go then, because <laughs> uh, I've recently listened to a lot of the podcasts is during your sales process. One of the questions you ask you know, the prospect is, you know, a year from now, what has to have happened for you to call this project a success? And that really resonated with me to the point where I said it's going to be critical for that information gathered during the process of the sale to be communicated to my client services organization, because then my client services organization can say, okay, they went live on this particular date. So on this particular date, 
I'm going to reach out uh, myself as the the leader of the organization, you know, reach out to the CIO or the the executive sponsor for the project and say, hey, how are we doing? This is what was discussed. This is what you indicated during the sales process that these were the top five things that had to have happened in order for you to call the project a success. How are we doing? Let's take a look at these five items. Have we met this benchmark? Have we not met this benchmark? And what else do we need to do? So when you talk about that circle, uh, it's just going to be you know critical and it'll give our customers you know the true feeling that we are there advocate and we are there you know to meet their needs to be able to listen to that entire process that sums up the our success i mean so perfectly this idea of in the marketing of our stuff uh, our solutions i should say asking and saying listen we're here to put the hero cape on you we'll tell you all you need to know about us but that's that's very little to you know what we need to do on or what is going to drive this customer to success we're committed to the success of what that customer has determined is going to be their success. Then in a sales perspective, be able to ask that question and quantify here are the elements that drive that or what that success is going to look like. So we now we've got marketing to sales coordination there and taking some of that edges and smoothing those edges. And then to hear it from the services organization of I'm going to deliver on what those five elements look like or the five elements that you that you shared with me. That sums up 2020, I think, in an extremely good nutshell for us because that's our secret. I mean, it's it's not a it's nothing that can't be duplicated out there if people just did it that way. But I think it is so poignant to look at it in in those terms because when we do stay consistent with that message and we deliver on what we've committed to on this marketing and the sales side of things, now we've got something that you don't see it too much in in other businesses out there. And the beauty of the way that your organization is, is positioning the solution and, and asking the customer saying, tell us what has to have happened. The, the beauty of having that information is even during the course of the implementation, again, the implementation, the project's a partnership. Access absolutely has a role in making sure that the delivery and, and of the solution you know, is a success. But it's a partnership. The customer has to be able to hold up their end of the bargain as well. So having that list of items, and if I see a project is going off the rails, I can go to the executive sponsor and say, look, you said these are your top five things. You know, we're not going to be able to make one and two unless we see your organization, you know, applying the appropriate resource or, you know, I see this going off in the wrong direction. So that information and shared amongst the entire access team is critical to not only ensuring that we meet our benchmarks, but keeping the customer on track as well. You bet. I love that idea. And and you mentioned something just a moment ago, too, um, when you said the word pivot. I think it's, it's certainly a term that's, that's thrown around quite a bit. But one of the things that I think has been one of the learnings that we can take away from 20 was pivoting in most cases when businesses or people talk about having to pivot it's looked at in two ways and i think one is that do i pivot to avoid a problem or do i pivot and drive success if you look at 2020 there was the pivot that we made in terms of impression alone it was a pivot yes in terms of our offering and our solution but at the same time it is a pivot that is founded and committed to unbelievable results and success, not to avoid failure. So take me a little through, you know, when you think of pivoting in, in a business sense and pivoting to avoid failure or pivot to success, tell me a little bit how, how you look at that. 
From the client services part of the organization, it's a little bit of both. Over time and through experience, you learn to be able to see the iceberg that you might be heading towards if you don't course correct. And what I love about our organization is the ability of the team to recognize that and be able to surface those concerns up to someone like myself so I can reach out to the executive response and say, hey, look, if we don't change this certain approach or if we can't get you know quicker turnaround, we're not going to make the benchmarks and we're not going to make our time. So when you say you know, pivot away from failure or pivoting towards success, in my organization, it's 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 kind of the same thing. You, you you see yourself you know heading towards the you know heading towards the iceberg, but we have the ability to you know pivot to be able to see the iceberg in plenty of time and move the the, the customer you know, towards success. And that you know comes from experience. That comes from knowing the products, and that comes from you know, being able to recognize you know some of the intangibles that you see during the course of a. Uh, during the course of a project. So I know that's kind of a roundabout answer that's like, like we are pivoting towards success in that, you know, this is where we, you know, this is where we want to be, but being able to avoid the speed bumps along the way. I like the, I, I, I'm interested in that a little bit. Pivoting, you know, in my mind, the, the idea of pivoting to success is, is so critical. And I think we do that, but there's certainly a tremendous value to avoiding the iceberg. Like you're, like you're saying, I think that when you just said that I immediately went to, you know what, that's why we do such diligent and committed work towards mindset around here. You know, what is our mindset? Our mindset in many ways has to be, uh, at least with pivots, yes, we got to pivot to avoid a failure or avoid the the catastrophe, but at the same time, it's got to be founded on uh, or committed to the success too. So I think that's a really interesting point that you brought up. So let me ask you another question. And this really revolves uh, around this idea of steady business and Obviously, on a sales side of things, we have ups, highs, and lows, and and it's the it's the turbulent side of things. And I think it's critical for the success of a company, as well as certainly, I think it'll be interesting for our our listeners here to understand a little bit of the importance of how to, how do you keep steady on that back end or kind of on the backstage side of things. How do you keep that steady commitment to and and deliver on kind of results that way? It's critical to know your team. It's critical to know your customers. It's critical to be familiar with the tools at your disposal in order to address, you know, any issues that that a customer may may have, and being able to recognize when a customer is. Uh, having a challenge before they even know that they have it. And that just comes with experience and that comes with training your people and knowing your people and be able to recognize through the tools that we do have that say, well, these certain benchmarks aren't being hit. That's going to kind of lead us towards this particular area that we don't want to go. And so trying to tile those things together, you know, it, it all you know, it all starts with a, you know, with a sales and marketing organization, but but knowing the folks, knowing the folks in my team, knowing the customer and leveraging everything that we have at our disposal to address the customer and make sure that those ultimate goals are hit. Those, you know, top five, what, what has to have happened for this project to be a success is is critical in having in tying everything together. Yeah, that and it, and it reminds me of this this transition call process that you've implemented that I think makes all the sense in the world where we are very intentional about sales and services and customer getting together so that we can all make sure that we're on the same page. Tell me a little bit about how you go about that transition kind of process. 
So prior to my arrival, there was a process where a document would be filled out by sales after the sale was complete, and that and that was provided to the the professional services team, which is huge. Say, here's what they license, here's what their their timelines are, here are some of the key players, here's the contact information. All that information is great and is critical to the professional services team that's going to be driving the implementation of the solution. But the one part that to me seemed to be missing was was the customer. During the course of the sales process, your team has become the trusted advocate for the customer. They've gotten to know the customer, know their personalities, and you've become that you know that trusted advocate. So instituting what I'm calling these you know, these warm handoff calls, where we get the executive sponsor from the customer on the line, along with the you know the the sales organization and uh, the leadership from my prof- professional services team. It's not the true kickoff call. It's a warm handoff call saying, hey, my name is X. I'm going to be responsible for your implementation. Just want to make sure we got a chance to meet each other. We're going to have a, you know, an introductory you know, kickoff call. You'll be receiving a package of information from us, et cetera, et cetera. You know, in addition, once that project is done and the customer then transfers to the client services organization, which is providing the, the day-to-day support for the organization, again, a similar process was happening in the background where a document or some information was provided to the client services organization saying, this is how we implemented it. This is, you know, these are the forms that they're using. These are the workflows. These are the key players, et cetera. But there wasn't that warm handoff. So again, what we're doing is these warm handoff calls to say, hey, customer, here, here is, you know, person X that is going to be responsible for your organization, the client services organization. One, you know, here's, you know, so again, a warm handoff so that sales is a trusted advocate for the customer. Then it becomes a professional services team that is the trusted advocate, the project manager. And then it becomes the services team now has a, you know, a trusted advisor for the customer. And just having, you know, all three of those communicating while in including the customer in the transition process so that they, you know, that they're being taken care of. I think that's it. Human nature is that we are, you know, sales is that trusted advocate. And then what this means to you and as we move along is that as we go into the services side and we start the implementation of what has been sold, at the end of the day, my name is Mike and I'm here to take care of you. And that's, I think, the intent of what we do when when I talk about being very intentional, that's the mindset that our folks come to the plate with. And really, I hate to say it's kind of secret to success, but it is. I mean, there are so many companies out there that don't just pick up on that that very basic human need that people want to be taken care of. We are constantly faced with sponsors at organizations that are putting their name, their reputation on the line because they do see our commitment and see how we're aligned with the same initiatives that they have. And you know what? They need to see this be a success. And I think when you see it from our marketing side to our sales side, to our services side, and how that it is 100% aligned, now you've given them an experience and you've given them a relationship that I think that they can count on. Couldn't agree more. Well, with that note, want to thank you for coming on and doing podcast here today. Folks, we really appreciate you guys listening too. And this is not only a lot of fun for us, but hopefully a lot of fun for you guys to listen to. If you have any feedback, we'd also love to hear that. So accessefm.com and we would love to hear anything you guys have to say. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.